0: Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around in front. Score! Live. In the entertainment capital of the world. Leading
1: goal scorer on the team. Drew in it. Score! It's the T.C. Martin
0: Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are eating. It's time to get your daily prescription from The Doctor. A power play goal by the captain, T.C. Martin. It's brushed on back <laughs> by
1: Richard Fudd. and right up front. Younger, Bennett's inside of the net. Scores!
0: The Doctor is now in.
1: And here we go. It is a... Where are we at, Quake? Wednesday? Uh, yes, Yes. Yeah. Okay, because yesterday I wasn't sure if it was Monday or Tuesday, but today it's a Wednesday. See, these holiday weeks got me messed up, but that's good. But that means we're closer to the weekend, and yes. you got to be happy with that. And that means we're closer to Friday, which means we get to be at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, our Friday home. Come on out and join us on Friday for that. TC Martin Show streaming live, of course, at tcmartinshow.com, locally here, AM 1400. Glad to have you with us wherever you may be. Ballpark Frank in the house. I can I can still call him VGK Frank until the knights get eliminated, and then I'm I'm leaving VGK alone.
2: If you want to just go with the Ballpark, just go with the Ballpark. I mean, you know, because, I'm going ballpark because it's almost confusing to people when I'm being called 16 different things every day. That's it. Then get rid of that I Twitter mean, handle
1: of VGK Frank.
2: Well, I can't do that because too many <laughs> people know me. That's what my Twitter handle is.
1: I know. I'm just teasing you.
2: So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I was Ballpark Frank for over 20 years. So, I mean, I'm i fine with whatever.
1: He, he keeps d- saying that whatever. You know, commit to it, man. Commit to
2: the name. Yeah, yeah. we're committing. It, to just ballpark because frank. you should be committed doesn't mean that I have to commit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But you're
1: so committable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what you say.
1: <laughs> All right. Hold on, here he comes. I think he's coming out of the locker room now. It is. Yeah, it, there he is in the singlet. Here he comes, the Quakster. I'm here. Where are you at, man? The the thing that Qu- don't the- give me the thing. Just you're when I that's the cue. When I say the cue, you gotta hit the cue, and we gotta hear Vince McMahon.
3: Winding up. It's the to the far side and the inside.
2: Another victory for the Quake. Yep. All right, guys. It was, it was a house show, so the timing was a little <laughs> that's off. That's right. It a house show, Poughkeepsie, New York.
1: Yep. That's when they used to video the superstars of wrestling Poughkeepsie, all the time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I remember when they used to do matches out here at the old showboat when I was watching oh. them on TV before I even lived out here. Yeah, that's true. You so and go- I both. going way back when. That's what I'm talking about. And then the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. They were at the Riviera. Yes, they were. All right.
1: Better, you better mention the NWC if you're going to be going to Las Vegas now in <laughs> the Silver Nugget. There we go.
2: Now they had some interesting cards at the Silver Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: had some great cards at the Silver Nugget. we are you talking about? Show-stopping cards. Sell-out crowds. Oh, don't get me in my wrestling voice. All right. Stanley Cup playoffs. The Golden Knights are back. They returned to their old selves last night, at least I thought so, as the Golden Knights... Victorious 3-0 last night over the Dallas Stars. Three second-period goals in a matter of nine minutes. We had goals by uh, Stasney, Carlson, and Nosek. And uh, this game was never in doubt after the second period. But uh, Golden Knights got back to what we're used to seeing.
2: What's well, amazing what happens when you get in front of the net like we said that they needed to do. Stasny's first goal, I think he was parked in the net for like five or six seconds. He kept on looking around for somebody to hit him. I mean, he was there forever, then finally got the easy tap-in goal. The second goal was because of traffic in front of the net. And then the third one was just a beautiful tic-tac goal, as they like to say. Yeah, I mean, they, they got their offense rolling a little bit. Still not really sure that uh, the top line and that is doing what they're supposed to, but all Robin Leonard has to do to win a game is just get a shutout. He's had shutouts in his last four victories now. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily a recipe for success, but uh, Vegas looked good last night, and the other thing that I thought was the most impressive is we saw what they did to Vancouver. You know, Robin Leonard played well, but he didn't have to play great because— Dallas couldn't get any shots on goal. Vegas dominated the game. They dominated it from a defensive standpoint, and once they got a goal, I don't know about you, but as soon as I thought them score once, I looked at Leonard in there and I thought, that could be enough right right. there. And then when they got the Mm -hmm. insurance goals, then it was just a question of whether or not Leonard was going to get the shutout, which I had the feeling the entire game that he was going to. When he's on his game, he's been sensational. You know, We saw that in game one on the other side with Dallas scoring, like you said yesterday,
1: on the very first shot. Didn't think, okay, that one goal would hold up, but it did. This looks like two things are going to happen in this series we've seen uh, through the first two games. One is that a team gets out in front, gets to a lead, advantage. And that's normally not the case, but I don't see a big barrage of goal scoring from either squad here, and I don't see anyone being able to come back uh, being two or three goals down if something like that happens. And the other thing is, Play the under every game. Stevie Slapshot. To give him credit, he said that you know yesterday when we were in here, he says not really like the under uh, again. Go with the under because. You know, we all kind of felt that the Golden Knights were going to bounce back in this situation. Uh, and like you said Frank, you know, 3-0, uh, the final score and they really dominated. They outhit them, they outshot them. And again, the Golden Knights w- w- this has been their recipe, uh basically outshooting the opponent in every contest and they did it again last night. Not by the wide margins that we've seen um, uh, you know, from uh, the like what, the Vancouver games, fly- series, series and that, yeah. where every game, it was just you know ridiculous. You know, for you know putting forty seven shots up on the net and. In in not winning those games, but you know, forty whatever it was, forty-seven to twenty-three and forty-eight to twenty-one and that sort of thing. And uh, last night, I I believe the number was what thirty-two to twenty-four in shots on goal. It
2: it, it was enough of an advantage. And again, the other thing too is Vegas got in front of the net. They got a little bit greasy. They got a little bit nasty, nasty. We mentioned how yesterday that the only goal the night that's really been in front of the net was Stasny, and usually when he's in front of the net, he's looking to pass the puck. Well, he was all by himself. He didn't have anybody to pass it to. He had the easy tip in, and he was there forever. So credit to him that he's still doing what he's doing. I'd still like to see Tuck get in front of the net more, Stone, some of these other guys as well, because we still didn't necessarily see that last night. But you talked about the physicality, how Vegas, because they got you know pushed around a little bit in that game one. What a difference Ryan Reeves does make on the ice. Just the attitude that he sends out there to the other players. When he's there, they know that he's not going to let anybody else give him cheap shots or push them around because he's going to have their back. And it seems like everybody picks up the physicality and refuses to be pushed around. Ryan Reeves does make a difference. Is he going to be in the score sheet a lot? Is he going to put a ton of goals in there? No, he's not. But you could also argue that he's maybe had the biggest goal in this team's franchise history when he scored the game winner against Winnipeg to send him to that first Stanley Cup. But just his presence on the ice, knowing he's there, seems to make everybody else walk with a little bit more pep in their step and a little bit more bravado because they know that Reeves is out there for them and with them. So the physicality was nice. And I don't know what Radulov's been doing in this series, but all of a sudden in last night's game, he lost his mind. He played a stupid game. He was taking penalties. The stars for Dallas have not been showing up. Right. Some of the other guys have been doing stuff, but they need more from from Sagan and Radulov and Pavelski and those other guys. They're supposed to be the veterans that are leading this team. Right now, I don't see a lot of leadership out of them. I didn't from last night. Now we'll see how they make the adjustments. They had the best of the play in game one, but they only won one to nothing. Right. Last night, Vegas wins three to nothing. And if I'm a Dallas Stars fan right now, what I'm really concerned about, Vegas won 3 to nothing last night, and their big guns still haven't really been firing. Right. We still haven't seen Pacioretty and Stone hit it in the back of the net. And Riley Smith, who's been absolutely sensational, he hasn't scored in like now seven or eight right. games or whatever, he's been playing great. If Vegas gets their top guys to start doing what they do and then the other guys do what they did last night, Vegas should win this series. They should win anyhow because they're, the mm-hmm. ten- they're the better team. And on the goaltending aspect, I thought Hu Bowden had a, uh, you know, I don't want to say it was a bad game, but a subpar game for him a little bit. But, again, that's what happens when you get traffic in mm-hmm. front of the net.
1: Yeah. Going back to, and we mentioned this last week as well, too, that uh, the Golden Knights haven't been getting much production off of that second line. And it's still you still know, not, not doing much at all. But, again, enough to win. And it seems like you score maybe you know, two goals, it could be enough to win these games in advance on. And it seems like Dallas is reverting back to what they were, you know, before the playoff started where, again, what, 26th uh, in goals scored and, and not, uh, you know, not getting the puck in the back of the net. And, again, in, that, in their last series, they were doing that. But here through these first two games, they've mustered one goal. And they're lucky that this series is is 1-1. And back to the goaltending, uh, even though Fleury got the loss in, in game one, it just seems like – um, you know, Leonard or Florian, and it looks like it will continue to be Leonard, that, uh, that if those guys are on, I don't think Dallas you know, probably has much of a shot here. This could be maybe a five-game series.
2: Well, if you go out there and you feel that you have to pitch a shutout to win a hockey game, that's a lot of pressure on you. You can't give up a soft goal. You can't even give up a, up a good goal. And that's kind of what it's been right now. Like I mentioned, Leonard, his last four wins have been shutouts. You know, that tie uh, the last person to do that, I believe. Mark andre Fleury in season one had four shutouts in that first run. You know, Leonard's got a lot of games left. If he gets one more shutout, you know, he's up there in the top echelon of uh, more than four mm-hmm. shutouts in a playoff. So he's playing very well. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I think Hu Bowden last night maybe looked a little bit tired. Uh, he has played the bulk of the games out there. I expect him to bounce back but I don't know exactly what Dallas is going to do. The other thing that I noticed last night too with Dallas was, and I believe the announcers mentioned this, when they had either their fourth, or I'm sorry, their seventh or their eighth odd man advantage, they finally got a shot on goal. They weren't even getting shots on goal when they have the odd man advantage coming down the ice, when they have a two-on-one or a three-on-two or something like that. Whether they're overpassing or, or shooting wide, overthinking the process, Those are situations you've got to put the puck on net. That's what they were doing in the Colorado series. And, again, the advantage of Colorado, they're a wide-open team. You expect them to get more shots. So I'm not that surprised that they got more goals. But last night, Vegas completely shut them down, and they looked like the Dallas team, like you mentioned, that didn't get a lot of shots on goal, that didn't score a lot of goals in the regular season, that basically tried to get that first goal and then cling on to a lead. I don't think that can be successful for them in the best-of-seven series. They've got to open it up a little bit more, and they're not playing Colorado. They're playing one of the best, if not the best, defensive team in the league. I don't know if they're capable of doing it. Vegas has the better team. Vegas should advance in this round. Doesn't mean that that's going to happen. It could happen like it did in game one again. But I've always thought that this was kind of Vegas' series to lose, and you mentioned the goaltending. Vegas clearly has the better goaltending, especially with Ben Bishop still not there. They have a tandem. They have two literal, literally Vesna-caliber goalies they can put in net. Dallas has a backup goaltender who's played well up to this point.
1: 24 saves last night for Leonard. Uh, 12 of those came in the third period. So Dallas started getting some shots on goal in the third period. But um, yeah, like you said, fourth shutout in these playoffs for Robin Leonard. Uh, plenty of power play opportunities for the Golden Knights last night. They cashed in on only one, but six times they had the one the, the man advantage last night. So one for six, but, and it goes back to what you said, uh, sloppy play, reckless play by the Stars.
2: Well, the Stars right now look frustrated. They didn't know what to do last night, and again, it's their top-line players— I didn't want to say they're stars because that would be right. like almost sound like a pun, but their top-line players are the ones that are not playing smart. Like we mentioned, Marshall Show had to play a little bit more intelligently. He's very fiery. He got some stupid penalties in the Vancouver series. We haven't seen him doing that in the Dallas series. You want to play with a lot of energy. You want to go out there and play physical, but you also have to play smart. And Dallas right now, from their top players, they're not getting a very intelligent style of hockey. And they need to play almost perfect hockey to beat the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, we talked about how they dominated play in game one. They won one to nothing. They won on the first goal of the game, beating a goaltender who hadn't played in almost a week on a shot that he probably stops nine out of ten times. They took advantage of it. They rode that to a victory. That is not the way that they're going to win this series. If they're going to win this series, they've got to get more goal scoring. And the brick wall that Robin Leonard's been... And if they do play Marc-Andre Fleury in another game, Fleury's played exceptionally well, too. You know, like we said yesterday, the goaltending is not the problem. They got three goals last night, none of them from their real goal-scoring big stars or whatever. If they get Marshall Smith, Stone, Patcharetti, if they start hitting the back of the net, Vegas wins this series easily. Yeah, then it becomes, like I said, they win this series four games to one. So game three tomorrow
1: at 5 o'clock. There are no back-to-back situations here. They're uh, playing every other night. So again, which begs the question, will Marc-Andre Fleury get another start? We say probably not. But then again, like you said, he he played well, even though he got the loss in, in game number one. We have no idea. What do you think Peter DeBoer is going to do? Is he, you said yesterday, okay, he knows exactly what he's going to do, has a plan. Does he maybe go flurry if they're up three games to one and then maybe you know, give Leonard an extra day off? Or what are you thinking here?
2: It pains me to say this, but we're on the same page here because I was just thinking the same thing. If they go up 3-1, why not throw them in for a game? Yeah. Not that it's a throwaway game and you're going, well, we can afford to lose this game because you don't ever want to let a team But that was in. the kind of the thinking for the game one we talked about yesterday. Well, you know, yeah. and, and, and we saw that, but we also saw that in the last round. Remember when Dallas did that in their last yeah. series? They were up 3-1, they put Bishop in in a game. Yeah. He gave up four goals in less than ten minutes and all of a sudden... They find themselves in a game seven. So you don't want to do that, and you can call that an elimination game. But if you have a cushion where the other team has to win three in a row, if you're going to play him, I would think that would be the spot to do it. The other reason that I would think that that could be a possibility is because if you do for some reason then need him in the final. Then he hasn't been sitting around for two weeks or more or whatever, mm-hmm. so you have him a little bit fresher, and maybe he doesn't give up that first goal on the first shot of the game and then play stellar after that. I still have a feeling we're going to see nothing but Robin Leonard from this point on, but if they did go up 3-1, to one, and I know some people out there are going, whoa, pump the brakes here. It, it's tied up at 1-1 right now, and you guys are making it sound like the series is over or something like that. From last night's performance, Vegas did yeah. what they should have done all around. They are the better team here. But, again, if they go up 3-1, maybe we see him. I still have a feeling that Robin Leonard is the go-to guy unless Marc-Andre Fleury is needed or unless Leonard just has a bad game and no. they go, all right, Flower, go in there. But I don't even know if we see that because I don't know if you want to say, all right, Marc-Andre Fleury, you're good enough to mop up a game that that's out of control or something like that last night. I also thought it was funny last night when Dallas did get down and they put in the backup goaltender, and some people were saying, Oh, Dallas has given up on the game. They've, you know, they're throwing in the tallest. They didn't give up on the game. They knew that Hu Bowden had played a lot. They gave him a little bit of rest. They wanted to give this team and, and a And he said this, he looked tired. Yeah, this kid a couple reps in case he needed some. And sometimes you need to do something like that just to spark. He, they were hoping that a goaltending change would spark the offense. They weren't down 5 or 6 to nothing. They get a goal and all of a sudden you're only down 2 and then you can pull a goalie, do a lot of different things. They had the entire third period. They weren't giving up. They probably didn't think they could win, but sometimes you make a change just to make a change.
1: Right, right.
2: And it made sense last night. If we're not going to win this game anyhow, let's give Huboden a little bit of rest and let him re, you know, rejuvenate himself, get our backup in and get a couple reps for him as well and see what happens. And if they do come back... Then it's a beautiful story for them. Then they find a way to steal the game and go up two to nothing with the backup. That really sends a different message as well. So I don't think that they gave up on the game. I thought they thought it was an extreme long shot, but every, that was the time that it made sense for them to go look, if we're ever going to rest them. It's right here, right now.
1: Yeah, and to your point about getting ahead of ourselves and saying, "Well, Golden Knights get three-one situation." Well, yeah, they they should. I mean, if you look at their path here, let's let's remember they have had the easiest path, and we knew this from from the beginning. I mean, they faced basically two number eight seeds. Okay, even though the uh, Blackhawks were number twelve in this crazy situation that we have here in, in the bubble, but then they faced an eight seed, an eight seed, and now they're you know facing a three seed here, and in Dallas with a backup uh, goaltender with the scoring problems that they have. Yes, the Golden Knights are the better team. They're expected to win, and they should win this in five games, six games at the most. And again, we're, we're, we're seeing these, uh, these scoring problems that Dallas has. This is not a great Dallas Stars team.
2: This is not the Dallas Stars team that we've seen you know two, three years ago. No, and again, remember this, too. They had a good goaltending tandem. Their top goalie, Ben Bishop, is out in this series. So they had that going against them. Now, again, they knew that going into the playoffs, basically, that he wasn't going to be there. You mentioned they're a three seed. Realistically, they're a four seed. Exactly. Because they moved up to the three in the round robin. Mm -hmm. Vegas, why some of the coaches, and I think St. Louis made this mistake, and I know Boston made it because they came out and said that they didn't care about the round robin. Both of the top teams on the East and the West played themselves down to a four seed. It ended up costing them, and they both got eliminated early. Dallas wasn't playing that well. They were the fourth one. They almost played themselves out of it. I'm still convinced that if the regular season went on another week or two, that they might not have even been in that round robin of the four teams out there. So Vegas, once again, gets an easier mark. Now, are they better than Vancouver and Chicago? I definitely think they are. But they're still not as good as Colorado was or St. Louis was. St. Louis didn't play that well. They let Vancouver hang around, get a little bit of confidence. They beat them. Colorado lost their goaltender. Their top, their top goaltender, Grubauer, got injured. They were out. They fought injuries the entire season. That's a big loss at this time of the season. I'm not trying to minimize what the Vegas Golden Knights have done. They've still had to beat the teams in front of them, and they haven't beat Dallas yet, but they are the better team. And right now, kind of everything has fallen into place for the Vegas Golden Knights to be in the position they are and to make it to the Stanley Cup final. I'm curious to see what happens should they get to the final and play who I thought it was going to be before anyhow. And I know Barry Trotz and the Islanders are a great story. Tampa Bay, without people talking about them, have been one of, if not the best team in the NHL the last two or three seasons. They've been exceptional. This year Vasilevsky is actually playing like he's capable of and like people expected him to in the playoffs just like he has in the regular season. And, of course, it's only one game, and they were well-rested, and we talked about it, but eight goals that last game? I'm curious to see what Trotz and the Islanders do tonight because it looks like a collision course. Between Vegas yeah. and Tampa Bay right now. doesn't mean it's gonna happen, but it certainly looks that
1: way. Yeah, no, it definitely looks like it's gonna happen. And as far as Tampa Bay goes, you gotta remember they came into this entire season going way back when, you know, back to in October of having a chip on their shoulder of what happened last year. Because they thought and everyone thought, but you know, in that locker room, they thought they were gonna breeze, you know, you know, on their way to the to the Stanley Cup finals and they got eliminated in the first round. So they have had this uh, season circled, so to speak. Even though it, it, it's a, it's crazy what has unfolded, but they are playing some great hockey, and uh, they are a very focused team. And as far as... Uh,
2: and, and, and they're doing it without Stamkos. Yes, but let's not true. forget that. Yeah. That'd be like Vegas playing without Stone or something right. like that. One of their... Kucherov is probably their best player. Stamkos isn't that far behind. They have a lot of talent and a lot of depth, but they're literally doing it without one of their best mm. players.
1: What we've learned, uh, final thing here... Is sports in the bubble? We saw it in the NBA, and we're seeing it here uh, with the NHL as well too. These teams that basically have coasted, you know, during like the round robin portion, of the NHL and the NBA final of the regular season, the Bucks were not impressive. They, uh, up until COVID hit, everyone had the Bucks either winning the title or at least you know winning the East Conference and being in the NBA Finals. And they were looked all out of sorts, and they got eliminated last night in five games to a Miami Heat team that has played inspired basketball since they got to this bubble. So what we're learning about this with no home court advantage, and you playing on a neutral court in front of no fans whatsoever, and teams that. Basically, maybe not as motivated, thought they had a little bit of a cakewalk. In these bubble situations, uh, not the case. It, it's it's totally wide open here, and uh, the Bucks saw themselves get eliminated last night.
2: Yeah, and, and if there's ever been a situation where now we're finding out the players that play for their teammates, for their cities, for each other, you know that they don't need the motivation of the fans and stuff. You have to create your own motivation there. I think the Lakers have done a good job of that, of finding a way to motivate themselves. And I know it's it's got to be different and difficult for every one of them. But the bottom line is they're all in the exact same situation. Now the Bucks have an excuse because their best player and one of the best players in the league got hurt and that's a but huge But that series blow was over them. before he got hurt. Yeah. Exactly, and that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. They they still weren't ready to go like you said even when he was playing. They still didn't play the basketball that they're capable of. You can't it's not a light switch. You can't just turn it on and off. And teams that think they can, they find out that once it's off well, there's still a dimmer switch, even if it's on. And if you're not as bright as you can be, often you're eliminated early. So now I guess the good thing is they can leave the bubble and go back to whatever they're doing. got to pay the power bill, man. If you don't pay the power bill, the light's going to go off, plain and simple. There are brownouts and blackouts all over the city, my friend, oh. and in Milwaukee right now. Who Absolutely. knew? Who knew? I had a rolling blackout
1: uh, on, on Monday in Sacramento. I was stuck at the airport because the computers were down 115 degrees there. I go, what's going on here? Oh, uh, the heat.
2: I go, what are you talking about? The heat, the fires, rolling blackouts, got hit. See, it it was a precursor to the heat you should have it was a, it was a hunch bet you didn't take it that's it you exactly. should have bet the heat what am i doing exactly because they just blacked out milwaukee <laughs> there you go
1: all right big bill cartwright the seven footer is going to join us coming up next we're going to talk nba playoffs from his perspective talk about the lakers victory last night over houston they seem to be in control of that series a couple big time games tonight the celtics could close out to toronto and what are we talking about also? Best food combos or duos of all time.
0: This is five time NBA champion Bill Cartwright. When I'm in town, I always listen to TC Martin. You should too.
1: One, two, three, four. Get up, get on up. Get up, get on up. Stay on the scene. Get on up. like a sex machine. NBA playoffs get getting up, interesting. Get on up. And we had an elimination last night. Goodbye to the Milwaukee Bucks as Miami advances. Wins that series 4-1. Lakers, even though it's only 2-1, they've won the last two games rather handily. And then we got two more games tonight. We've got Boston trying to close out Toronto. And also the Clippers and Denver tonight and uh, the Clips lead that series two games to one. And join us now, the big seven footer the five time NBA when champ. The, road to town, the women folk would hide. Yes, the women folk are hiding. Here he comes Unbelievable. Black Bart. Here he is with his hat on. Not Cleavon Little from Blazing Saddles, it is the big seven footer. I don't know how you get
0: on that horse, big Bill Cartwright. I'm not sure why I get the Liberty Balance because it really doesn't. I mean, I you know I, I really like the movie. Yes, but that's why you, uh, you got would, it. Would think, you would think you guys throw some bonanza in there or something. There was some kind of connection. So I'm I'm, I'm a little that's a little confusing. But, uh, uh, you know, whatever whatever you try to fit in. But, but that doesn't fit at all. It doesn't fit. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to start
1: over. Quake, should we, like, come out of the break all over again? You want to hit some James Brown again? Or should we just? Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, here we go. Let's look okay, at take two and action.
0: This is five-time NBA champion Bill Cartwright. When I'm in town, I always listen to T.C. Martin. You should, too.
1: And here he comes, ladies and gentlemen. He's not coming to the madhouse on Madison Street, no. He's coming in on a horse out of Carson City, California. Some ghost town. He's on the set. Yes, the Cartwright Ranch. It is the five-time NBA
0: champ. The man in the middle, Bill Cartwright. There we go. There we go. Now you're talking now, now, now we're on the right horse
1: there. <laughs> You're on the right horse. <laughs> hey, none of us were on the right horse on Saturday in the Derby, including you.
0: Well, for one thing, I wasn't in the Derby. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's it's a horse race. What do you, what do you, what do you expect? guys? You got one horse that's going to win. Um... So I'm, I'm not sure what you're expecting. Why did you expect to pick the winner? Well, yeah, I mean there was a three to five
1: shot. A, a horse rolled, tis the law in the Belmont. Uh, we thought we'd have a triple crown and, and uh, the Travers
2: and the Travers it, in between there it, as well. Exactly,
1: so. exactly. You know, so we we had, we had a favorite pet As we know, anything can happen in the world of horse racing.
2: Yeah, all, all I know is I'm still having flashbacks here in that uh, Bonanza open there. Um, it reminded me of the old Ponderosa Steakhouse back in the Chicagoland area. I was wondering if Bill ever ate there back in the day. Wow, Bill, the Ponderosa <laughs>
1: Steakhouse. Did you know that one, or were you not? Were you too upscale for that?
0: Um, I don't know if it was upscale, but uh, I, I didn't miss that. But uh, I, I was always connected, just you know, almost like a blood relative. So I, I'm still good. I, I feel like I'm connected.
2: It definitely was not upscale because I could afford to eat there. So no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I said the bill was too yeah, upscale. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. You I know, know what, what I'm you, saying? Yeah, yeah,
1: But we here's what we got to do. Frank's probably not aware of this. Uh, he's heard me talk about it, but we got to. Frank is a Chicago native, so we got to send you to Froggies. We got to go to Froggies over in Highland. And uh, that's uh, Big Bill's restaurant. Outstanding. Where's the Froggy's music, Quake? Come on now. You, you got the Froggy's music. We got the Froggy's menu and everything. Outstanding, Frank. So next time you go to Chicago, you take uh, the <laughs> half-hour drive outside the city, and you go to Froggy's. Uh, in Highwood. Th- yeah, in Highwood. High I said Highland. I'm sorry. In Highwood, exactly. And, and you'll have a great meal, Frank. Even though I don't know you like any French food, but you can get a great steak
2: there. I like steak.
1: Yeah, I like steak. <laughs> and Bill, what happens when Frank... Uh uh, goes uh, to your chef and said, uh, can I have some ketchup for my no, steak? No, no,
2: no, no, no. No, I, no, I, no, I, I was a broiler cook. That's right, you J- The steak itself is just fine. You don't need no A1, no ketchup, any of that. A good steak speaks for itself. If you need something to add flavor, either the chef's doing it wrong or you are, and I have a feeling at Froggy's that the chef is doing it right. Oh, yes, this is Froggy's.
1: Quake, we got the menu uh, up at Froggy's like you did last time? You're all over that, right? That's right, Froggies.
2: The best French onion soup of all time. And if you want rabbit... We'll serve you rabbit as well, too. Oh, oui, a little bon appetit uh, with some uh, French onion soup oh. and a little bit of uh, steak uh, tartare. Mwah, he's a uh, oui, wonderful. Very oui. good. Look at it. Look at this,
1: uh, Mr. Cartwright. You've got, uh, you got free advertising uh, 2,200 miles away for your restaurant. Get the famous Froggy's Combo. <laughs> the Froggy's Combo. Exactly. We're going to talk about that here in a minute, too. So you better come up with a good Froggy's Combo for us, all right?
3: The uh, charcuterie chef selection uh, sounds really good. They also do a grilled and sliced cold ahi tuna with microgreens and balsamic vinaigrette.
1: Oh the way you said that too. You sound like a commercial ready to go.
3: How about the steamed artichoke with ratatouille <laughs> and fresh herb vinaigrette?
1: I thought that was just a cartoon movie.
0: It's a real thing.
1: It's a real thing. All right, Bill. You want to comment on any of
0: those items? What well, would I go in there? I'm a big specials guy. So it doesn't really matter what restaurant I go in, especially ours. I just tell, I just tell the uh, major Day, hey, look, just, just bring me something good. And that major D is something special. I, 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 I love to be surprised. They yeah. do
3: have er, uh, monthly early bird specials at Froggies as well.
2: Oh,
1: for the senior citizens like Bill?
3: I think for anybody.
2: Is there anybody? Okay, there it is. Yeah. I, no. I, I know the restaurant I used to work at back in Algonquin, Illinois. <clears throat> um, I, I never had the privilege of serving Bill Cartwright there. However, uh, Dave Korsing came in once and made shark for him. Is that right? It was right? a seafood restaurant. Oh, now, wow. And Bill had the shark. It was a, it was a restaurant at a Port Edwards in Algonquin, Illinois. It's right on the Fox River. Actually had a pool in it with a boat on that We would do two seatings a night with fish swimming around live lobster tanks but yeah we we had shark and turbo and snapper for two and all sorts of stuff but uh but dave uh, but dave had the shark and he he was mm. quite uh quite pleased with it yeah pride of de paul with his permed hair there yeah, you go absolutely yeah, yeah. curtis Watkins didn't come with him but dave was there <laughs>
0: yeah that's awesome dave dave is a great guy so uh if he uh, gave you the thumbs up it must be pretty good and i know you're a shark guy yourself you love your seafood I'm 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 a seafood guy, and uh, you know my main dish that I really really love sea bass. I really? love sea bass. Yeah. So if uh, if I have a good sea bass, uh, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll.
1: Right. And and we've already got the green light to do the show from Froggies. You know, right right outside there on the balcony as well too. So let's go. Let's
0: let's set that up. Let's go we're 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 ready to go all right. anytime anytime you're ready we're ready just make sure we get there before it snows
2: and and make sure that you uh cover all the travel restrictions or whatever that might be going on right now <laughs> that's true that's true there is
1: outside
0: dining at Froggie's right now right absolutely yeah. uh, even though uh it's it's open right now so um yeah. you can you can dine inside uh which is fine uh, uh chicago's uh i of a lot of places so it's it's cleared for restaurants to eat indoors yeah. even though um i would say 95 percent of the people choose to eat outdoor
1: yeah one of my favorite spots uh right outside chicago there you go there's the froggies uh five minute uh you know breakdown for you you gotta love it all right so the milwaukee bucks are going home bill uh i know you liked miami in this series it was Miami in five games, and they closed it out last night. Again, the, the story of this series was the Bucks getting out to an early lead, and Miami comes storming back, dominating the third and fourth quarters. They win 103-94. Uh, how much of a threat can Miami be here in winning a championship?
0: Well, well Miami's going to be, for one minute, big at rest right now. And, and the big thing, look, we talked about a couple things. One was injury. And two was who's going to be the team that is playing well? And Miami, let's face it, Miami got out of the gates; they got out well. Uh, Milwaukee never got going. Milwaukee's the best scoring team in the league. They have trouble with their offense. Uh, they uh, de- defensively they were they were just not there, and especially in the last five minutes of the game, which they seemingly could not get a stop. And then at the end, they got uh, uh, their best player, arguably the uh, best player of the league, injured. So uh, they had a lot of things going against them, and it's, it's really too bad for those guys because they, you know, the last two years have been great years for those guys. Uh, they they deserved to move further along than they have, and. Um, uh, this year they they could just not get it going. They could not get it going. They could not play their best basketball, and they got their best player hurt so uh it's sad they're they're going home but uh Miami's got a chance. Miami's gonna be in the game every game they're gonna be tough uh they've got uh um, you know really talented players to be able to finish games with with Jimmy Butler. And uh, they've got young players that, uh, and a variety of players that can they can make big shots. So uh, they're they're, they're going to be fun to watch.
1: All right. So the Lakers now lead the series. They've won the last two games against Houston. Again, we saw some ugly offensive basketball from the Rockets last night, especially in the <coughs> second half, where they could not score. Coming out of the locker room in the second half.
0: Well, you know, for me. Um, the Rockets are a better team when they can move the basketball. And to me, uh, they're going to be a similar series as as Portland because they're so dominant. They're so reliant on one or two guys to make a play, really one right now, that if those guys are not on and they're not playing their best basketball, they're they're just not going to win games. And that's seemingly what has happened. Is that uh, you know Harden? Harden have a great game, and uh, that'll give them an opportunity to win. They'll make every shot, and it'll look great as it did in the first game. And then the next game, once those jump shots are gone, and the Lakers who did not play, I didn't think very smart to be able to just pound those guys and continuously pound them inside. Um. As they did uh, last night, they just pounded the target of them, gave him the ball in there, and, and shot layups. Um, I think uh, it's going to be very difficult for for Houston to beat it unless they're just making every single shot. So uh, we'll see what happens in the next game. We're expecting uh, Houston to come back and make a big run and uh, have a great game. And um, as you know, I'm not a big fan of that style of basketball. I would much rather have the the ball and player movement dictate to the shot as opposed to all this dribble, 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 dribble. I can't say dribble enough, but I know you can't either. <laughs> uh, and individuals trying to make plays for everybody else. Just move the damn basketball and let the ball movement dictate the shot. Uh, it's probably not going to happen, but I just had to get it off my chest.
1: Of course, of course. All right, he is the five-time NBA champ, Big Bill Cartwright, joins us here.
2: Bill, when it comes to the playoffs, everybody hears about the stars and certainly the media promotes them and you know who the stars for the certain teams are, but you know as well as anybody that so often it's the depth of the team and the other role players in that that really make the difference at this time of year. Is the Lakers, or are the Lakers uh, maybe the deepest team out there, and that's one of the reasons they're having the success? Or is there somebody else that you think when you go top to bottom that can compete with them and all their role players and everything else as well? I,
0: I, I think the big thing for them, I don't even know if they have the the, the the best, and I don't call them role players, I call them second group of starters. If that second group has an opportunity to have their moment of truth. I think that, uh, for the most part, guys will step up and guys will make the shots. I think with a lot of those teams, those guys don't get those opportunities. The the guys who are the starters and the guys who are the supposed stars end up taking a majority of the shots, as opposed to the Lakers with with LeBron, who's an extraordinarily woolly passer, those guys have those opportunities. And I think that once you generate that kind of, of a basketball, where, where guys know they're going to have an opportunity to play, guys to know they're going to have an opportunity to, to make a big shot and make a big play, um, they'll answer the call. So um, I think, you know, and, and, and you saw last game that uh, – um those guys are making plays they're they're moving the ball great they're they're using their entire team uh which I love and um they're having success so uh yeah, I that's what I believe in uh, that that second group that second group of starters uh make the difference in winning championships so the
1: Lakers or rather the Clippers and the nuggets that is one series that resumes tonight. And the Clippers lead two games to one. This one has the look of possibly going seven games. And it's really kind of a flip of a coin series, unlike uh, everything else that's going on right there. Patrick Beverly came out today and called out Jokic as a flopper. and I thought that was pretty funny because Patrick Beverly is one of the biggest floppers from a guard position uh, himself. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. And then Mike Malone came out and said, well, hey, if Kawhi Leonard was, was saying this, I, I'd pay attention. He goes, but pff, I'm not going to pay attention to anything Patrick Beverly says. So I thought that was some pretty, pretty good uh, you know, shots at him here. So uh, we've got that, which makes me think of when you were playing. And one guy comes to mind for me. So when you were playing, you know, who was probably the greatest? Because I know you love the greatest title all the time. Who is was the greatest flopper? That you faced as a player.
0: Well, the greatest flopper was Vladdy. Exactly. That's where I was going to go with that as well, too. Nobody, yeah. No, no, nobody threw himself down there as much as as much and uh, as well as he did. But uh, but to me, that's just part of the game. And uh, if you know a guy's a flopper, don't put yourself in a position uh, to, to have him do that. And uh, you know, I mean, that's just playing basketball. Um. I mean now I mean nowadays since you can't touch anybody uh um you know I, I think it's uh it's it's a real art because uh um more more likely offensively you're going to get the call but uh um, flopping, all that, and that's part of the game. You can't worry about it.
1: So, so when you went up against Vladi or any guys like that, where you you knew that okay, this guy is probably going to start flailing backwards and everything, did you just back away from that, or you know settle for the follow-up jumper, or did that kind of upset you a little bit, and you said, nah, I'm going to go chest to chest with this guy, or I'm going to go I'm going to go elbow to chest with this guy, and maybe send a message. What was your mindset with that?
0: Now, what you what you do before the game is uh, you just identify it and really loud. Hey, rep, he's going to flop, so you make it really obvious and and uh, it, it kind of sets the tone for 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 the game to where uh, once you put the officials on notice, hey, look, we know this guy flops, so don't give him that call tonight. It kind of takes away from it. It's almost like a guy who's really aggressive. You tell the officials, "Hey, look! Don't worry about these guys. This guy's just going to hit me. I'm going to take care of it myself." And it, and it kind of it kind of takes the officials and puts him a little bit on notice that this guy flops, this guy takes cheap shots, and puts him on notice and. uh um, but you, you can't do something about it by just, uh, by just avoiding it totally by just knowing his game. That's what bled basketball is all about. I, if you know his game, why play into it?
2: Was there anybody that you can remember playing against that you almost kind of laughed when you saw them try to flop? Because I remember once, I think it was when LeBron was down in Miami, there was like a six-foot guard that hit him, and he kind of took like three steps back and fell over or something. And even you could see the coaches and the players on the bench kind of laughing, like, come on, LeBron, you're too – that that guy didn't just knock you down like that.
0: Yeah, yeah we know that happens to where – um, you know, you'll have um if there'll be a bigger player in the league and a guard or somebody really slight will knock him over and you look at the officials, go come on. There's no way that guy can knock that guy down. But uh but let's face it, there's there's certain guys in the league that are gonna get the benefit of the doubt. If if it's a veteran guy versus a rookie, or if it's an established star versus a guy who's not, you're probably gonna get a benefit of the doubt. I can remember my first game playing against Elvin Hayes, and uh, I was mystified by the fact of the causes guy he was getting, and uh, the officials got, "Hey, Rook, just just shut up and play." <laughs> so you just you just got to kind of earn your way and, and figure out how to get past that situation.
1: There you go, or else you're going to st- stick Wes Unseld on you. Then you're really going to have a battle there in the low block. Even though, you got be, even though you had a couple inches over Wes, I mean, he had some poundage on you.
0: Wes is like a tree. Uh, when he played, you, you're you not going to go uh, by him. You're, you're, you're not going to move him an inch. Uh, you better trick him a little bit and just try to get around him. Because that guy, that guy was by far, um, you know, the strongest guy I ever played against.
1: You got it. All right, the seven-footer, Big Bill Carr. All right. Bill, we need you to to hang over. Through our next segment because we got to hit a break here real quick and then we're coming back with the Cartwright Friends and Family Contest. Right,
0: are you good for that? I'm, I'm, I'm good for that. Uh, I'm going to be very curious of some of your thoughts.
1: All right man. All right we will hit that when we come back don't you dare go anywhere. What is the greatest food combo of all time? Now more from your favorite sports radio physician.
3: Wow that's the best news I heard in a dog's age.
1: The doctor T.C. Martin. <laughs> Glad to have you with us. Don't forget, Friday we are at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas, our Friday home in the sports book. Come on out and join us. And uh, also, we've got free entries to give away our Picks for OV contest, Opportunity Village. Hit us on Twitter today, at TCMartin21. We'll give you a free entry. That's right. Just say, hey, I want in. That's the magic words. I want in And we will get you signed up where you pick five NFL games against the spread, win some great prizes like staycations, free food, all kinds of stuff. Normally $50 for one sign-up, $95 for two. It's picksforov.com. Five NFL games against the spread. You get to pick them. Free entry and you can compete against myself, Ballpark Frank, Earthquake, and the other celebs, Oscar Goodman and Company, the former mayor, uh, all involved, Forrest Griffin, that's uh, the Opportunity Village Charity Football Contest. Uh, hit me on Twitter, at TCMartin21. We'll give you a free entry. All right. So, as we know, each and every week we talk about the Cartwright Family and Friends Contest. And this week we're talking the greatest food Duo's of all time, the food food combos. Now I gotta I gotta set this straight here, Bill. Now I'm not I didn't see the rules posted out, uh, you know, in your email or anything like that. But let's be clear here. All right, for a food combo, and I'm gonna play executive director here. So I don't know, you know, who, who's running the show over there, but we can't have condiments in here. I saw some of these nominees like popcorn and butter. No, that's that. It's beautiful, but that doesn't flow. It has to be, this is my opinion here, that it has to be two foods that can stand on their own, but they're great as a combination. Wouldn't you
2: agree with that, guys? I would 100% agree with that.
3: Yeah, it, I would I hit the wrong button.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Bill, is is that the prerequisite here?
0: It is absolutely that. Okay, good. I want to make and, sure. And, 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 and for one thing, because uh, if, if somebody wants popcorn and butter uh they're in it's their vote so uh we're, we're gonna allow this yeah people are going to use their best judgment uh, i will say for the most part that has not been the case but uh if that situation came up uh yeah we would absolutely allow it all right quake we're gonna start with you greatest
1: food combo of all time
3: a little bit of a wild card. I know the obvious one would be, you know, like burgers and fries.
1: Can we get some music for this? Uh, we we have to have some type of background music for this.
3: So I would think like burgers and fries, yeah. uh, but I'm going fish and chips.
0: Fish uh, and chips, pretty strong. What do you say, Bill? Chips. Yeah? Fish and chips. Fish and chips is, uh, is, has been uh, in in the survey. Uh, a few people have that Big Fat. So, yeah, fish and chips are great. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great
1: choice. I love fish and chips. Okay, fish and chips. You got a backup quake. I mean, burgers and fries, rock solid. Fish and chips, rock solid. Even though I'm not a fish guy.
3: Yeah. Uh, my the only other combo for me, just personally. Um, I guess I'd go like sandwich and chips. Like a sandwich of potato chips.
1: Okay, I think you hit the wrong uh, bed there. Are you back to the uh, Centerfolds Club or or Magic City there? I mean, what is that? That sounds like cinnamon's coming to the stage there. I mean, you did great with Froggies. What is is this? This is my... Headbanger uh, food?
3: Sports music... Generic sports music bed. We're not talking sports. We're talking food here. I wanted to keep it exciting. Oh, jeez. Co- all right. Your wish, is, your wish is my command. There right, we go. There we
2: go.
1: Lakeside, you know, by the way. There
2: are competitive eating <laughs> contests, so maybe there is a little bit of a sports thing. Now, there.
1: this sounds like Mr. Bean. When I was pumping Mr. Bean last week for greatest
2: actor of all time, we should have used this song.
1: Mr. Bean, very underrated
2: by it. What do you think, Frank? <laughs> well, my favorite food combo, and uh, probably not going to surprise you being from the Chicagoland area, Steak and baked potato. I mean, <coughs> a nice fillet steak, like a 12-ounce fillet, yeah. baked potato with butter, maybe a little bit of baking bits mm-hmm. in that. Now, I'm not a sour cream guy, but baked potato and a nice fillet. I mean, you can have any kind of steak you want, but to me, nothing better than a fillet that just melts in your mouth, kind of like the one you get at Froggie's probably.
1: There, absolutely.
2: What about the French fries? You can go steak and fries, right? You can go fries, but yeah. it's one combo, so I, I just, I'm i going with the baked potato. Ste- okay. All right. Good deal.
1: Anybody a steak and lobster guy? Because I think that would get a lot of votes.
2: Well, the surf and yeah. turf, yeah, it's yeah. something that again. Now yeah. that was at the other restaurant I used to work at. We had the surf and turf in right. that, but right. uh, I had a lot of different things. I actually had a thing with a steak there that was comboed with a deep fried lobster, where we would make the lobster, then put it in beer batter, and then deep fry it. People oh, wow. went crazy for
3: that.
0: All right, Bill. So what do you got? What's your what would be your go to?
2: Uh. Well, you guys,
0: you know, there are a gazillion combination in here. Like, obvious ones are mac and cheese, frank and beans, um, you know, beans and rice, mashed potatoes and gravy.
1: No, gravy. Uh, no, here's no, here's no, no, gravy. Now wait, gravy now wait, doesn't wait, stand now. on
0: its own. Now, 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 wait a second. Here's something you'll like, TC, you for sure. Okay. Chicken, chicken and waffles. Well, I do
1: like chicken and waffles. I actually had chicken and waffles last week. I I love that. But I'm going to give you one that I know. Now, this is probably just my family, and I don't know why, but I grew up with this with my grandmother from Yugoslavia. I don't know why this concoction, but it is so delicious together. Have you guys ever had fried chicken and spaghetti together? For me that was like a family tradition in my household
3: It's a thing at uh, uh, there's a Filipino fast food place here in town that these are the why I can't think of it uh, but they're they're known for their fried chicken and spaghetti
1: really yeah that's a great combo bill have you ever had fried chicken and spaghetti together it's outstanding
0: um I could not imagine <laughs> uh, I mean why why' it obviously was uh, spaghetti and meatballs I mean, that is, like, outstanding. Best tradition. But you try can, it, can, man.
1: You can, oh, can, you get can, the can sauce you know on the like leg that. and the breast. Oh, it's beautiful.
0: Jolibis is what it's okay. called. Yeah. Well, my, my best and, 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 and also, I'm really surprised. No TC for you, steak and lobster? No, I'm not no, a fish guy. Lobster?
2: I'm, I'm going to give you mine in a minute. So huh? well, my, my, best, my best friend back home, his father was Italian, and there was pasta with everything they served. Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, how about this? Top of the list should be the hands-down winner altogether. Cake and ice cream. Oh, Cake and ice cream. You can't have one without the
2: other. That's it. That's dessert, though. That's fine. It's a food, right? You can consume it. It's a combo. What do you think, Bill? Cake and ice cream is on the survey. All
0: right. it's, it's on there. All right. There you go. All right. We'll... So I, as, you, as, as you know, the results are, are Friday. And... Uh, You know, while we're at it, I don't think we ever got the final results from our last contest. Uh, Denzel in a runaway, the greatest actor of all time. Okay, for one thing, it was not a runaway. It came down to the last day, (laughs) the very last day, and two, two contestants put it over the top.
1: All right, all right. That's good, but Denzel's a winner. All right, brother, we got to get rolling. We appreciate the time, as always. We'll talk to you next week. Be good, eat well, and have some... Steak and eggs. Steak and eggs is good, and scotch and cigars. You miss yes. any, any part of the... That's the combo. There you go. Now you're talking. Miss any part of the show, go to tcbartshow.com. Frank, we'll catch you tomorrow. Quake, thanks a lot. Back out tomorrow, too.